Hi, I'm Frankie de Jong, and you're listening to PR Football Ranks. Welcome to BR Football Ranks, your favourite podcast in a strange and weird world. But we're still with you. The Rank Squad are about. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your host today, steering these ships through troubled waters. Joining me as ever, the two bastions of Ranks, the two leaders of the Rank Squad. First of all, Mr. Dean Jones. Hey, mate. How you doing? Not too bad, mate. And yourself? Join it, mate. I quite like isolation. Well, I thought you might. You might. You and Dylan are, are providing the best news content that I've seen all year. And Mr. Sam Tai. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. People will be pleased to know that I am 10 Marvel films into my project already. I watched 10 in a single week. How good is that? I'm a little bit worried about your mental health, but like on the whole, you know, it's, it's impressive that you're managing to get through so many films. I find myself playing a lot of cards. This is what I've got like really into. Me and my brother are playing a lot of cards. What about you, Dean? What have you been doing apart from looking after your two-year-old? I've actually been watching quite a few documentaries on past World Cups. So I started by watching the official um, video, the FIFA video of the last World Cup. And then I just found myself going backwards and backwards and reminding myself of all the World Cups. And it's actually quite good fun because by the time you get back about three World Cups, you forget what actually happened. So it feels like you're watching the whole thing all over again. Brilliant. We're in unprecedented times. These are waters that we have never traversed before. And as thus, we are going to change it up a little bit on the podcast this week. We're going to do what we said we'd never do. But before we get on to basically forensically analysing the biggest football debate of our time, we're going to talk about some hot takes. But what we've done is we've asked you for your hot takes and you came in your hundreds to reply to the tweet by BR Football last night. Uh, we've picked six of our favourites to discuss. And Dean, I'm going to throw to you and off we'll go. Okay, cool. So... The first one I want to bring up came in from a guy called Alex, whose handle is at ZlaGoat9, which is very uh, suitable, get what his hot take is. He says, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is in the GOAT discussion. Um, I make him right. I mean, when you actually think about it, when, when you think about it and actually look at his career, it's unbelievable. So the clubs that he's been at, PSG, Inter Milan, Ajax, AC Milan, Juve, Galaxy, Man United and Barcelona. That was not in the order, obviously, but like they are his clubs. That's unreal. He scored, according to Transfer Marks anyway, 366 goals in 549 games. He scores all sorts of ridiculous goals from the overheads to the long distances to the ones he smashes in to the headers to whatever. He, he makes it up as he goes along. And I think in football in terms... Yeah, he actually does deserve to be in the debate with Ronaldo and Messi and, and all the rest of them. But he's got a massive flaw, and that is his attitude and his behaviour off the pitch and his arrogance. And it goes beyond anything that Ronaldo's done. And I think that that's what's held him back. And I think that that's why he never actually will be in that debate, because there's so many people, possibly myself included, actually, that just cannot handle his ego. He just takes it too far. Whether he puts it on or not, I don't know. But he's just taken it too far. And while I don't know how many people would idolise Zlatan, put it that way, I don't know how many people would completely model themselves on him when really loads of people should because in terms of being an all-round 
centre forward, he's been absolutely unbelievable. I just really want him to stop comparing himself to a lion. Like you're not a lion, grow up. <laughs> um, but like, but also like when you talk about clubs like that, and yeah, I think you've got more of a point. But like you look at someone like Nicola and Elka's career: PSG, Arsenal, Real Madrid, PSG, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, Juventus. Like, you know, he also played for loads of big clubs and scored goals at all of those clubs. You know, that, you know, that doesn't make you a, a good player in its own right. And if you look at Zlatan's record and you compare it to someone like R9's, Ronaldo Nazario, then obviously he also played for quite a lot of the big clubs that you just mentioned and scored more goals than Zlatan at those clubs. So, like, there's, there's a level to this. I think I would have ibrahimovic well below ronaldo nazario in the debate and yeah i don't think ronaldo nazario's long his lack of longevity was what rules him out of the conversation in terms of when you're talking about missing ronaldo but again like, you know going on a glorified journeyman career doesn't make you a great just by having played for loads of big clubs in terms of r9 he was just like a ridiculous goal scorer i don't i don't see these two as similar footballers i think ibrahimovic is a completely different type of center forward r9 was a monster though i like i can't disagree with the fact that he should probably be in here as well absolutely right sam what's your first take that you like these are controversial football opinions that people are willing to standby or hills that they're going to die on a wish what was one of your favorites so if dean's agreeing with that one i'm going to open with uh, one that i agree with as well uh sergio ramos's defending is overrated he's often rash with his challenges and people confuse his leadership and tenacity for quality defending but he's very good on the ball that's from rakeem flemings rakeem you and i we should go for a coffee one day when this is all over we should go for a pint even i'd be happy to spend time with you my friend this is uh this is exactly what i talk about probably on about a monthly basis on BR Football Ranks. So I think I can keep the debate much shorter than we did on, on Zlatan. Obviously, this is what I think of Ramos. Uh, he is rash. Positionally, he's quite suspect. Uh, that left-sided tandem of him and Marcelo was an absolute car crash at times because neither of them fancy doing their actual jobs. They much prefer to do other things. Obviously, it didn't really affect Real Madrid grand scheme because they outscored everyone and won four Champions League titles in a few years. So, look, hasn't been particularly damaging. Uh, but Ramos, I agree that the leadership and the tenacity and the clutch goals as well from corners, which is obviously not technically defending, all of these things kind of murky, murk the waters a little bit. And they, they do trick people into thinking that he's better at the defensive mechanics than he than, than he actually is. And when you actually compare him positionally and tactically uh, to someone like Giorgio Chiellini, it is an absolute landslide in favour of someone like Chiellini. And that's that's where the standard is. It's not it's not with Ramos. I think the the trick with this is that you can be a great leader and a great person for a team that, you know, without necessarily being a wonderful defender. I think Ramos does have weaknesses in his in his game. I think it'd be mad to suggest that he doesn't. But I saw another one of these texts. and I can't find it for the life of me that says that Ramos was as influential in the Madrid back to back to backs as Cristiano Ronaldo. And I find it hard to disagree with that. I think that his leadership, his ability, his ability to come, you know, come up at the right time for Madrid and, and be clutch. And we're going to talk about clutch a lot on this episode, but you know, Sergio Ramos has been clutch for a long, long time, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. Look, it is fair. And um, uh, definitely not doubting his, his influence. I don't think, um, I don't think Raheem Flemings is either the, the guy that said this, like um, the impact that he has made he's scored the single most important goal in Real Madrid history because they were so obsessed with La Decima, the 10th Champions League title, and they finally won it in 2014. And it was his header in stoppage time 
against Atletico Madrid that put them into extra time and led them to that 4-1 win. If that doesn't happen, they don't win La Decima. Maybe this chain reaction of Champions Leagues doesn't happen. You cannot doubt the man's importance, um, but you can take a look at his defensive ability, his positional ability and his tactical acumen and question a few things. And I do think that removes him from the conversation of best centre-back in the world, uh, which a lot of people will swear blindly that he is. I think that's I think that's fair to say. OK, also fair enough. But I think he should, however, be in the best captain in the world debate. 100%. 100%. Right. Okay. Let's move things on from Kelvin official. He says Gilfie Sigurdsson is better than Christian Eriksen, which I think oh. is an incredibly interesting debate. And if you look at what they've brought to the table over, you know, they're very, very similar players in, in some ways. But Dean, I'm going to throw it to you first. Um, I think in terms of delivery, they are very similar. And I think that I'd find it hard to split them on that in terms of free kick ability, in terms of uh, crossing from open play, I think I'd find it really hard to to split them. But I think I would still be tempted to give Ericsson the edge overall because he broke through at a really early age. And I think you look at him when he was in his early days and weighing in with a lot of goals and a lot of important goals in his early 20s for Tottenham. And I think that there is an intelligence about Ericsson that has just lifted him to that level that is just above Sigurdsson. I think just some of his decision-making, some of his passes are just a cut above. And I think that Sigurdsson's been a brilliant player, like you say, a really good fantasy player. But there have been times when I've just started to be won over by him and then he kind of goes quiet for a while or he'll have a little bit of a rough a rough patch. And I think that's why he's never quite gets to be considered as good as a Christian Eriksen. I think Sigurdsson is a bit of a, and I don't mean this by with too much disrespect for this because he is he's a very, very good player. I feel like he's a bit of a big fish in a small pond style player where if you create him, create him as the centerpiece and mold everything around him and indulge him uh, and allow him to do what he wants to do and you know take shots from distance and take all the set pieces, um, I think I think you're fine. But if he was if he was at a, a top team. Like if he joined Real Madrid, I think he'd get lost in there. And it's because he's, I think he's positionally versatile. Uh, I think he could do one thing, which is play as a number 10. I don't think he's particularly mobile, which is the, re- the reason he can't drop in and play as an eight like Ericsson can. He can play in the centre of a midfield if you need him to. And I do feel like Ericsson, if you dropped him into Real Madrid's midfield, he would probably just assume a role of some description and he would just he would he would be on the same level as the other players. I think Sigurdsson would look really out of place. And that's basically where I draw the line. All right, Dean, let's move on to your second one. And I assume this will be one you disagree with. Yeah, so... This one's from Paul and his handle is at P McShay. So I presume this is from Paul McShane. Um, he says, Phil Foden is massively overrated and will never become the player England are so desperate for him to become. Now, <laughs> this is a statement, to be fair. Foden is massively overrated. No, he is not. He is one of the best teenage talents. Any scout or coach that has ever worked with him is just blown away by the ability of this guy like he is sensational it's just that he's at man city at a time when they've been dominating english football over the last couple of years when he's to break through so we haven't been able to see him make the step up that he normally would have made in pretty much any other team in the world so he's not overrated that's part i don't agree with then you come to the next part of his statement, will never become the player England is so desperate for him to become. I think that's when this debate actually does become interesting because 
I'm not sure anymore what kind of footballer Phil Foden is going to become. So for the last few years, as broken through as he's been involved in fun training, there's been a big plan for him to take over from David Silva at Man City. He's going to take over that mantle, take over that role. Silva for a long time has been his mentor at the club. He's always They've always worked very closely together and that's something that they've done consciously. But they're feeling now around Man City that Phil Foden actually isn't going to play the David Silva role when he does break through next season. He's going to be a right winger. And when you look at Phil Foden's season this year, he's only made three starts in the Premier League um, from 14 outings in the Premier League. The positions he has played this season for Man City, he's played left midfield, left wing, centre midfield, attacking midfield, right midfield, right wing. They don't actually know where to play him. He's so good. He can play all those positions. But the doubt about where he's going to play long term is what I think holds him back from becoming a player that England is desperate for him to become. Because if Man City do actually use him as a regular right sided Acker next season, I'm not sure that that is to the benefit of the England team because they have Jadon Sancho who can play there. They could put Raheem Sterling out there. They could put Marcus Rashford. There's a, there's a variety of options they can put out there who would probably get a nod ahead of Phil Foden who you would probably want to use in a more central role. So I do wonder about Phil Foden's progression with England. The fact he hasn't even had a, a call-up yet is of some concern to me because I think that there are people that have been in there ahead of him that shouldn't have been not as deserving as he is in terms of ability. So he's not overrated, but I am worried about how his career actually pans out. The cap thing doesn't worry me because it, he's a really important part of the under-21 setup, and he's still in that cycle. So if you are not crying out for, for someone in midfield, um, then you don't need to, to to promote someone like Foden so quickly and so so maybe maybe, maybe, pr- maybe prematurely. And with England obviously having uh, a debate of its own with, uh, with Grealish versus Madison versus Barclay, who everyone hates but actually plays well for England um, versus everybody else and what's the midfield makeup adding Foden in probably doesn't help things and I'm not sure that that, that worries me but you, you make a good point that if he's moulded into a right winger um, then Sancho is well right, it becomes Foden versus Sancho two you know Manchester City graduates uh, for one spot in the team and I don't think Foden should be a right winger, generally speaking. It might work for a Pep Guardiola system, but for most other teams, I don't think it would really work. In the same way that Bernardo Silva is clearly a number eight, uh, but can play on the right for for Pep, essentially. So it becomes a very interesting debate. You're right. And I, we, we can only wait and see, I guess, is the answer, because it depends on what role he gets given next season. There's one thing to consider in this that hasn't been mentioned, is that David Silva started his career on the wing. True. And I wouldn't rule out Foden starting to move out onto the wing just to get into the side next season. And then following that, moving in later on in his career when he realises the the things he's learned on the wing are going to be beneficial. Sam, we could keep this moving though. What's your second one? Uh, yeah, so from Panza underscore seven on Twitter, Mo Salah is one of the most overrated players today. I do struggle to get on board with this. I think some of you will find this really obvious. Some of you will be thinking, hey, Panza's got a point. I have seen this debate crop up a few times now or over the last maybe six months or so um, I don't know if it's just because you know people just like, like don't captain him on fantasy and he gets a hat trick and people get annoyed or what but like I, for some reason there are still most Salah doubters out there and there are those that will call him overrated which I don't think is fair like if you produce uh, consecutive seasons of 32 goals 22 goals and then 16 from 26 games obviously we've hit a pause I mean this is unbelievable production and 
okay, he hasn't been at his best for probably a year and a half. I think maybe the run to the Champions League final that Liverpool lost in 2018. I think he hit his best form there. The game he played at home to Roma, two goals, two assists, was an absolute joke of a performance. And I think any game that 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 period, Salah was 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 pushing that Messi Ronaldo bracket. I remember there being a debate: is he more like Messi or Ronaldo? That was we talked about that, and that's because he's that good. And okay, the production levels haven't quite matched 32 goals and 10 assists per season, which is what he got in 17-18. I don't think that makes him overrated at all. I think that makes him one third of an incredible attack, which has to share out goal contributions, and he pulls his weight. I don't really understand why Salah gets disrespected uh, the way he does sometimes. Yeah, it's a strange narrative in many ways. I think his style of play doesn't look very convincing. Some of his dribbles, some of his touches that haven't seemed to be as clean as he would have liked, but suddenly they fall in space and, and open up a different kind of chance for him. I don't think he is as good creatively as other players like Mane. Like if you were to compare the two, I'd, I'd say I'd always prefer Sadio Mane over, over Salah. Um, but at the same time, it is difficult to say he's overrated because Jurgen Klopp has picked him constantly over the years when he's been building the greatest team in Europe. And Sat is integral to that. He's weighed in with really important goals. He Just as you think he's going out of form, he actually comes back into form, which is the sign of an elite footballer. And Real Madrid want to sign him as well. So if any time Real Madrid are, are interested in you, doing something right. Oh, we're going to run out of time. So I'm just going to rattle through five that I thought were fun, if not necessarily correct. Um, this is from Siati Sensai at Narit Sile 98 on Twitter. He says, James Rodriguez is better than Isco and Asensio. I'm not even going to get Dean Jones onto that debate because I know that he will lose his mind. Um, but also, Sadiq at Balorzino says, Ndidi, the best defensive midfielder in the Premier League for the last two years. I find that hard to disagree. This one I really liked from Alive Inside Podcast Fiend. He says, there's no point supporting a club that wins all the time. Real, nice. Barca, Love it. Juve, P. PSG. I actually really like this because it resonates with me. Um, I actively look for pain when I'm supporting new football clubs. Um, but successful teams are popular for a reason. I thought it was a really interesting point, though. Um, a real debate that I wanted to have, but I think there's not enough information yet. From Egan Turner, Giovanni Lo Celso is better than Bruno Fernandes. This I'm intrigued by, but I have to think right now it's almost very difficult to, to let this debate play out because we haven't seen them in similar competition for long enough to really draw it out. But I think as time goes on and differing systems, obviously differing managers and being given different freedoms of the park, but I'd be really interested to see how this one develops because I think this could be... Uh, an attacking midfielder battle that we see for, for years to come in the Premier League. So um, very much a, a statement to keep an eye on. So... Yeah, that's uh, all for me. After the break, we're going to hit the big one. We are talking Messi and Ronaldo in every category possible. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Be Our Football Ranks, where it is finally time for us to get on to the biggest debate of our times. Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi, who is the greatest player in every single aspect of their game. And we have 10 categories that we are going to rank these on. This is, we're not messing about here. We are fully going for every single way we can analyze them and compare them. Uh, and this is what we've gone for. The 10 categories are thus. Aesthetics, physicality, skill, finishing, creativity, teamwork, 
free kicks, penalties, adaptability, and clutch. So without further ado, let's get into this fully aesthetics. Sam, Messi or Ronaldo as an aesthetic footballer? I think this one, I think this one's an easy start and it's Messi because um, with Messi, you rarely see him take a bad touch. Um, the, the football he plays is so smooth and he can make everything he does look so criminally easy. The, the, you know, the curl that he gets on his passes, the way he glides, all of these things. He is incredible to watch. Um, because he's so smooth and because he doesn't really make mistakes. Like he doesn't miss kick balls. He doesn't really take bad touches. He doesn't miss control long passes. Or that, those, thing, those things are very rare. If you see one of those for Messi, he's a bit of a collector's item. Whereas with Ronaldo, you can't really say that. I mean, he does trip over the ball. He always has. I mean, we even spoke last week or the week before back at his Manchester United days where he was a bit of a joke, to be honest, when he was like 18 and he was dribbling into corners and falling over and things like that. He, he was being shepherded around in a way that he didn't want to. And obviously he's got better, but he still does tread on the ball a little bit and fall over. So there are, th- there are things like that that sometimes just knock you out of that kind of zone a little bit. Maybe similar to what we said with Mohamed Salah. It's when those random rogue touches come up or the technique doesn't look quite so clean that's when you start to second guess things. Whereas Messi never really gives you that chance, I don't think. I think for me, the way that aesthetically football delights me most is when players go on wild passing screens or or wild dribbles through players. And, you know, the football that I love is the football that puts you on the edge of your seat constantly. You're like, oh, he's taking a player on. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, and I think there are moments where Cristiano Ronaldo is potentially the best in the world at this, you know, talking about the bicycle kick or that header where he hung in the air for 20 seconds or all of these things. But I think Lionel Messi does it on a more consistent basis in terms of every time he gets the ball, there's almost an intake of breath around the ground. As what's he going to do now? And I guess that for me is what flips it in his favour on this one. Dean, do you agree or are you a little bit more split? Yeah, I mean, I've got to defend Ronaldo a little bit. But I think that I agree with what Sam's saying about when he was 18 and so. But now you look at the speed of his stepovers and, and things like that. They are just dazzling. Like the way that he is able to run at players with such pace and throw them onto the ball without doing anything, just moving his body is just insane. And also the way that he punches his shots... The way that his passes are so clean, it's almost perfection the way that he's able to master those two moments. I think that he's mastered almost every element that you could hope for in terms of being the best player in the world while actually looking really good as well. Like He's in immaculate condition, this man. His hair stays perfectly groomed no matter how, how the games go. <laughs> <laughs> can't say that for Messi. Sometimes he's look really scruffy and he's got that like, horrible tattoo. So that's not that aesthetically pleasing, is it? Um... <laughs> it depends if you like tattoos or not. <laughs> Messi did have an emo face, to be fair, didn't he? He just started acting out against his parents at about age 28. Um, dyed his hair, grew, grew a beard, got a horrible tattoo, coloured his leg in. I'm going to do all these things soon. We mustn't forget Messi's emo phase, yeah. Um, but then there's the other side of it where... Ronaldo's not always lovely to watch, is he? And he and he does have his tantrums and he does find himself on the floor and he, he reacts horribly. And I think that has to come into it all as well. So the fact that Messi has no easy eye, he's, he's so graceful. He caresses the ball in a way that barely anyone else can. He's got a balance that defies science, really, the way that he's able to, to get through people. Um, so, yeah, 
overall, go on then. Messi, Messi has the edge. Aesthetics then to Lionel Messi. Let's move on. Physicality. Dean, into you. There's no, there's no doubt over actual physicality and strength that that Ronaldo's got the edge on this one. I mean, he's he's turned himself into an absolute powerhouse, hasn't he? He's he's not had a single day in his life, I don't reckon, since he was about seeing that he wasn't working relentlessly in a gym. Um, he has become the perfect baller in the sense of the way that he's. He's got his body in shape and, you know, injury-wise, he's been good and that's why he's able to now run on into his late 30s, hoping he might even still be playing football when he's 40. So in terms of that physicality, I think that he wins it. I think if you also look at speed and power when they're playing football, Ronaldo has the edge on that as well. Do you remember there was that, that game against Atletico Madrid when he ran something like the length of the pitch in about 10 seconds? He's got the pace of an Olympic sprinter. The thing that I'd say for, for Messi in this sense is on the ball, he's actually probably faster than when he's not on the ball. Somehow, Messi is able to produce a, a turn of pace that I don't know if I've ever seen before. He can literally go from standing still, dragging in three people and then bursting away from them in a way that just doesn't seem possible. So in terms of that kind of physicality, then he's probably got the edge on that side of things. Um, but that's not what Messi's game is, is it? Messi's game isn't built around this. He, you know, there's games where he barely runs these days. He can just drift into space and then throw a shoulder, gets a yard of space and bends one into the corner. So for me, Ronaldo's That's all got very Cruyffian, though. That's all very Cruyffian. One, the turn of pace from a standing start. Two, the ability not to run all the time. All of that is like part of the ideology of which Cruyff was perhaps the founder and and Barcelona are fully embraced. And like Pep says, all the rest of the coaches just repaint the chapel. But I guess the flip of that is maybe balance is a physical aspect. Yes, it's part of your aesthetic beauty and all that, but balance is a physical thing. It's about being able to weave your way through players. It's about being able to stay on your feet when no one expects you to. And Messi probably has the edge on that, although I think it's very difficult to suggest that he would win this category. I think that's something that needs to be put into the conversation. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I think um, balance is going to be naturally easier for Messi because he's smaller, so his uh, his centre of gravity is lower. Speaking as a six foot four man, uh, I can I can really sympathise with anybody, and I really envy those tiny little players who can sort of chop and change and, and switch and move their feet and just kind of dodge between tackles. I, it's just like harder me. when you're taller. Um, thinking about like Iniesta. Uh, (laughs) rather than you but um, I think the burst and acceleration that Dean mentions are really the only categories along with balance that Messi can really claim here Um, physical actual build somatotype height obviously Ronaldo wins strength he wins the leap he wins long um, straight line speed and distance speed over over distances. He wins like he wins most of these. So he gets the category, in my opinion. And it doesn't sound like from what you guys have said that you disagree. No, not at all. I think it's obvious that, that Ronaldo wins this category. And I also think that something that will probably feature, we've already talked about it a little bit in aesthetics and will probably feature in finishing, but his ability to leap the kind of physical impressiveness. There's that graphic of the height he gained to, 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 to score that bicycle kick things like that are absolutely like superhuman in terms of physical condition and from what he went to as a wiry very lithe teenager who yes was exceptionally skillful but ultimately was quite easy to knock off the ball was dominated by physical defenders 
to what he has become now is an absolute masterclass in how to physically improve yourself. And, you know, credit where credit is due. This category is very much Cristiano Ronaldo's. Let's move on then. Uh, skill. Sam, over to you. This is horrid. This is really tough. Um, they're both very different dribblers and operators on the ball, aren't they? Because I don't feel like Messi mixes in too much skill when he dribbles because he's that stop-start kind of shift-and-go guy. The first step and the explosivity and, uh, and the ability to drop a shoulder. He sort of lures you into challenges without really doing anything or touching the ball and then he just knocks it past you as soon as you've committed and bitten um so uses that burst so he doesn't you don't actually see Messi do like any step overs really you don't see much skill from him you might see a back heel or something like that but the, the things that you would naturally associate with the word skill are the step overs that Ronaldo busts out and and as Dean mentioned like the speed at which he's able to put those together and not fall over is incredible. Um, and it gets harder the longer your legs are. Dean, I'll get throw overs to you straight away. But I mean, I guess the question is, is the more skillful aspect the actual step overs and the shifts and the body feints? Or is it the ability to kind of go past people without even needing to do those kind of things? That's where this debate comes down to, right? I think that there is a different element of skill in particularly in dribbling, I think that being able to keep the ball as close to you as Messi can and only use one foot the entire time is <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, he barely, he literally uses his right foot for standing on and that's it. He barely, he barely uses it. Yet nobody in the world is better at one-on-one short space dribbling and getting at people and then drifting away from them, opening up space. And on top of that, I guess technically there's the aspect of actually taking the ball in. So I think I think an element of skill is actually controlling the ball first of all to even have these opportunities. And obviously Ronaldo's got fantastic control of the ball, but is he better than Messi? I, I don't think so. Messi, you can see a ball coming over and he'll just, any part of his body really, he'll use to bring that ball under control. And they're very, very different, but I'd probably give it to Messi, to be honest, because I don't think in terms of skill, there is anything that he can't do. He could do step overs if he wanted to. He just doesn't need to because he's got other ways of getting past people. It's almost as if, if it was a one-on-one, if you're, if you're running at the last defender, I think the player you want is Cristiano Ronaldo, right? But if you've got an entire team to turn up and you've got the ball out, you know, in the centre of the park, the t- the player you want is Lionel Messi. So I guess <laughs> this is two very different types of skills. Dean, you're giving it to Messi. Sam? Yeah, I'm still going to stick it Ronaldo, mostly just to make you make the call. I'm supposed to not be making the calls. I'm the, uh, I'm supposed <laughs> to be the man in the middle. <laughs> All um, right, I'll call it a draw. I'm still going to give it to Ronaldo, so I guess it's a draw between myself and Dean. Okay. All right, let's move on to finishing, which is another one that's going to be extremely tight, you'd imagine. This is tough. Again, we talk about how different they are. Um, The two techniques on show here are night and day. The messy left foot curled shot, low or high. It doesn't really matter if he needs to go low or high. You think back to that game that Barcelona played against Atletico Madrid this season, that they won 1-0 back when Valverde was in charge and it was like the 88th, 89th minute. Messi cuts in from the the right-hand side, gets it on his left, curls it into the bottom corner past Oblak, one of the best keepers in the world. And Simeone was just like, well, you know... What can I do? You know, what can I? What What can any of us really do about that? And then you compare that—the sort of the deftness of that technique and how precise it is—to the way Ronaldo has genuinely made an entire career at the elite level of being able to hit the ball 
so hard while keeping it so low, which is absolutely like one of the most difficult skills in football, particularly when you're on the move and you're moving at the speed that these guys move at. The amount of goals that like, go kind of go in, but kind of close to the goalkeeper's body or even under the goalkeeper that kind of look a little bit jammy for Ronaldo. But it's not. It's just that he has mastered how to shoot the ball at the right trajectory, no matter what angle he's at, no, what, no matter what speed he's running at. And it is the hardest shot in football to save for a goalkeeper because it's the ultimate test of reflexes and you don't get any time to set your feet or do anything about it. So can I have a little bit more time to think about this while you guys talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you can you can often talk about finishing in terms of pure goal return, right? And at the moment, the, the goal returns are as tight as I think they've ever been. The club goals, Messi 6-2-7, Ronaldo 6-2-6. League goals, Ronaldo 4-40, Messi 4-3-8. European goals, Ronaldo 1-2-9, Messi 1-1-4. It's, you know, absolutely mad. But how tight these things are, obviously Messi's played about 150 games less than Cristiano Ronaldo and he's 28 goals behind in all-time club and country, which does suggest that his goal-scoring rate is higher than Ronaldo's. But given that, you know, Ronaldo's done it in a load of different places and that in itself plays into the debate. Where do you stand on this one, Dean? I would have to edge with Messi. I think that when I think of finishing as a general subject I think of finishing chances in and around the box not kind of just making your own chances so I would give Ronaldo obviously the fact that he's great at converting crosses like he would convert crosses better than Messi but in terms of bits and pieces around the box and then kind of throwing your body dummying the defender and then finishing um, going one-on-one with a goalkeeper. I would just have to give it to Messi. Like now, just thinking off the top of my head, when I imagine Messi's finishing from inside the box, I just think it's almost unbeatable. Like if I had a chance for if in my team, I'm just going to say that again. If in my team I had an opportunity inside the box, the ball was coming loose, there was two men and a goalkeeper to beat, I would want Messi. I would trust him to finish in that situation. I think Ronaldo is almost better when it's a difficult opportunity. I think that if it's a bit further out and he's got a bit more to do, sometimes he's a bit better in that, in that sense. But in terms of pure finishing, I've just got to go messy. Okay. Sam? Yeah, I think Dean's convinced me there. The argument at the end, which is like, yeah, basically, who would you trust? Like, you get to give the ball to somebody to finish a chance to save your life or whatever. Like, who'd you give it to? And instinctively, I think I'd probably give it to Messi. I think the the type of goal that he scores is much more automatic. Um, and I think he's therefore a bit more efficient. So I give it Messi, but like, this is tough. And I, I appreciate Ronaldo's technique a little bit more, to be honest with you, because I actually think it's harder it's just about the efficiency of it. And I think Messi edges it. I suppose the thing that we haven't really discussed is the amount, is, is a kind of the different goals that can be scored. You know, you see Messi chip the goalkeeper, but rarely will you see him, you know, score headers. And I guess the, the flip of this is how many types of different goal can you score? And, and maybe Ronaldo has the edge on that. Yes, quite possibly, to be honest with you. I mean, it's the whole aerial argument, as you say, which takes Messi out. Although he has technically scored a header in a Champions League final. So, yeah, and yeah. I always find that kind of amusing. Like, 
just that he has actually done that because I I don't know how many headers that man has scored in his career, but I'd be, bet, be willing to bet it's fewer than five. And one of them has come in a Champions League final. It's a, it's an impressive stat, but you're both going Messi. So we will give that one to Lionel Messi. Creativity. Over to you, Dean Jones. Um, when it comes to creativity, Lionel Messi's genius, isn't he, really? I mean, the way that he can open up spaces... The way that he can fool people into thinking that he's going to do something and then do completely something completely different. The way that he can, as we said before, go from standing still to running full speed in, in two seconds is unreal. His agility, his strength on the ball is even more impressive than you would imagine. And he creates space for others as well as himself. So when you encompass all of those different aspects, he's pretty much unbeatable. The only thing I would say for Ronaldo is that so many of his goals, I guess, have come from him just creating them himself. And I guess that's a different argument almost because what are we talking about here? Are we talking about creativity in terms of the team and being a team player or are we talking about creativity and just scoring goals? Because I think they're two different arguments. If we're talking about the team, then... I think Messi's probably better for your team. But if you're talking about one man able to create opportunities for himself, I'd probably have to give it to Ronaldo. Yeah. No, I mean, teamwork is the next category. So there is, you know, there's there's an argument to be made here. Um, Sam, where do you stand on this one? I mean, obviously, there's an easy gal in that you look at the amount of assists that Messi has compared to Ronaldo, and he trumps him on almost everything. You know, 289 to 220 all time, 247 to 192 in club, 174 to 136 in the league. Ronaldo has more assists in Europe, 42 to Messi's 33. Um, but I mean, you know, is is this about how well you can slot a pass through to for your striker to finish, or about making that magic out of nothing? Yeah, I think I in in my mind this category is is um, if you asked either of them to play the Andres Iniesta or Luka Modric role, like who who does it better? You know, who who creates those opportunities? Who has the eye for the killer pass? Who can execute it more often? Um, who can create chances for others? Um, that That is essentially what this category is for me. And it is a bit of a landslide in Messi's favour because... He is that creative player, and Ronaldo may have been um, may have been closer to that maybe eight years ago. But over the years, we've seen him morph into a more of a number nine, more of a finisher, and I think he's left this part of his game behind to an extent. I think that's by design, and it's not something to criticise him for because he is what he is, and he's very good at what he does. But he is this is not him, and uh, but this is very much Messi. Okay, all right, that one goes to Lionel Messi. Then let's move on to teamwork. No. At first, when we were discussing this in our planning meeting, this seemed like it would be a landslide. But actually, I've decided that neither of these players are particularly team players. Um, and it's, it's a strange one because, yes, obviously assists and, and like you say, creativity in terms of making things for his team. It, it would seem like this is a messy victory. But actually, like Dean said earlier... There are lots of games where Messi doesn't really run or, you know, do any of the sort of work that you would expect a team player to do. Dean, where do you stand on this? Well, if you think back or if you can remember when he was at Man United, the big, big problem that Ronaldo had was that he was a show pony and the fans weren't sure about him. And Sir Alex Ferguson at times would be furious with him. I remember one time hearing one story about how Ronaldo was driven basically close to tears because of the way that 
Ferguson gave him a dressing down afterwards saying, if you think that you are more important than what this team is trying to achieve, then you will not get to the levels in football that you want to get to. Um, and I've heard, Messi, uh, I've heard Ronaldo do interviews where he refers to the tellings off he got from Ferguson and it always stuck with him and it made him improve in that sense. What I would say though is that I feel like Messi just accepts easier that football is not just about him. I don't think Ronaldo cares about that so much. I think Ronaldo likes it being about him. I think that for Messi, knowing that a team can work better if he's part of it, he's fine with that. Um, I also think you get more out of him in terms of the strict definition of teamwork. I think that he'll probably carry out a coach's orders a lot more definitively than Ronaldo would and probably graft a little harder and not worrying about whether he might get the golden opportunity to score the winning goal or not. So while Ronaldo has definitely improved in this sense throughout his career, I, I just think that Ronaldo, that Messi still has to get this category. I think that if you're looking for teamwork, then Messi is more of a team player. Yeah, struggle to recall like any scenarios in which these two have, have worked really, really hard for their team outside of basically Barcelona's pressing machine under Pep Guardiola, which did include Messi, um, and it wasn't it wasn't a setup that um, like excluded him from the press. He was as much a part of it as Pedro was, uh, as David Villa was, as any of them were. And um, that is the only because obviously over the years, like Valverde was much more relaxed and cautious off the ball. The line was was deeper, and the press wasn't as frenetic. Um, it, it, gradually, Barcelona have shifted away from that scenario, but there have been times where Messi has really genuinely pulled his weight for the team in that way. Whether or not he can do that anymore, I don't know. Maybe that's a different question. But I don't recall that many instances of Ronaldo doing it, to be fair. I mean, one of the reasons Real Madrid were so leaky defensively was, of course, as we mentioned, Mar- Marcelo and Ramos. The other one was not too much coordinated pressure up top, and that would have started with Ronaldo, but it didn't. Um, so I'd give it to Messi based on something he did in 2011. How's that? It's kind of mad, isn't it? Like I think Messi has become less of a team player as the years have gone by. You know, I think early days as part of those, you know, all conquering Barcelona teams, he was very much a you know give and go, very much a look for the pass when it's on. And there's all those famous moments where you know instead of you know just taking the easy shot, Barcelona would p- almost pass the ball into the back of the net. And I think almost that's the the prime right of it. But now it seems like Messi gets the ball and he goes. Well, no one else is going to do it, so it must be me. <laughs> and um, I mean, part of that is the teams in which he's working. And, you know, I think this is probably one of the weakest um, Barcelona sides in, in recent years. But I mean, part of that is probably him just being like, ah, oh, just I'm just going to do it. It's just easier if I do it, isn't it? And anything you saw that in the Liverpool game last year where his teammates just give him the ball and expect him to do things. And that in itself is a strange kind of dynamic for, for talking about teamwork. Uh, as a whole i mean i wouldn't have been able to split them on this i would have actually given it to neither um, should we just should we be accounting for selfishness in this as well well um, i mean it depends on what selfishness comes into it because does that go into clutch uh, in terms of what you know oh, i wouldn't say so I'd, 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 say, I'd say it's a, a, a general measure of like how willing is he to actually pass me the ball and messi does share it around a lot more than ronaldo will ronaldo is much more singularly focused he gets tunnel vision. Uh, Messi yeah, no, doesn't necessarily get that. And if we're struggling to split them, then I would probably rope that 
that in the selfishness aspect and and award it to Messi because he is less selfish with the ball. He has the tunnel vision doesn't set in quite as hard for him. No, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Right, let's move things on. Penalties are the next thing on the agenda. Sam, I feel like this one is reasonably easy again. This, yeah, for some reason, and I don't know why. Don't think anyone does. Messi just isn't very good at penalties. Um, he misses loads of them. By loads, I mean like a surprising percentage for considering who he is and how he's able to strike the ball so accurately most of the time from open play. Um, there's been several occasions where he has missed missed penalties that well, some of them matter, some of them don't. I mean, Ronaldo, on the other hand, and this, uh, some of this will, will venture into the clutch territory, um, but Ronaldo is exceptional from the penalty spot, no matter the circumstance. And he feels, again, so we'll go back to the same argument, you, someone has to take a penalty to save your life. Ronaldo above literally anybody else, let alone Messi. I wouldn't give it to Messi. Not a chance. I'd give it to Dean before Messi. Yeah, Dean's good at pens, though. I am, actually. I think that the most surprising thing for me over Messi and penalties is that he hasn't just come up with a tried-and-tested method that he just scores every single time. Because it's almost, to me, like scoring a penalty is seems so easy that he's just going to walk up and he's just going to score because it's the easiest chance he's ever going to get in football. Like Messi, 12 yards from goal, just a goalkeeper to beat in an entire goal. Like that's too easy. So it feels like it's almost maybe overcomplicates it in his brain. I don't know. But even if you watch back at all his missed penalties, they're not all the same. I mean, in his early years, he, he took a lot of them very low um, and sometimes just wouldn't get either enough pace or the decision on it. As the years have gone by, he's he's tended to get them, the ones that have been saved anyway, have tended to be a little higher and just a, a good height for the goalkeeper. Interestingly, I was at, um, at the Russia World Cup and I was at the Argentina-Iceland game. Um, the game ended one, but Messi missed a penalty in that game. And when he stepped up to take that penalty, I was surrounded by um, Argentina fans. I mean, 70% of the stadium was Argentina fans. But everyone expected him to miss that penalty. It was crazy. Like it was, I've never really experienced an occasion when such a good footballer was stepping up to take a penalty. Barely any expected him to score it. It, it was crazy. But it's kind of a, just epitomises how he's become in this in this area. It's just something he just hasn't managed to master. I think this is a landslide. Absolutely. Uh, another one that potentially is going to be a landslide and uh, the polar opposite of penalties in, in some regards, free kicks. Yeah, free kicks. <laughs> this is his version of a penalty. Bizarre. The hat trick of free kicks. The, you know, the amount of different players. It doesn't matter if he goes near side, far side, whatever. Every time Messi seems to put the ball down for a free kick, the entire crowd goes, probably going to score, isn't he? It's really weird that from 12 yards he can't, but you give him it 30 yards, put six blokes in the way. Bang, back of the net. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Don't get this one at all. And, and you can fit like, Ronaldo went two years without scoring a free kick for his club. Um, two years and this don't get me wrong like he took a lot of free kicks right it's not like <laughs> it's not like a goalkeeper or a right back going two years without scoring a free kick you could bet anything that he was stepping up and taking these free kicks the sort of fabled deep breath and drop your chest and then that sort of very direct run up and then hit it flat has become a little bit of a joke because it's probably not going in but again wind it back to the Manchester United days the 2007 2008 like that instilled fear into people that that exaggerated deep breath and run up and then you hit it with your instep nice and flat and you kind of knuckleball it 
I don't think he created that technique. I remember him saying that he took it off Didier Drogba, who may well have taken it off somebody else. But he was the one that brought it to prominence. There was a particular game against Portsmouth in around 2008 where he took a free kick that moved so wickedly that David James in goal just kind of put his hands in the air almost before it crossed the line and went, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? And that was kind of how it felt for Ronaldo for a long time, maybe up to four or five years later. He was still scoring 30-yard free kicks for Real Madrid in 2012 at crucial times as well. And yet it's just completely gone wrong. With And Messi, you compare it, you know, uh, Champions League semi-final last year against Liverpool, puts them 3-0 up in the first leg with that beautiful free kick against Alisson, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Just unstoppable from that situation. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's too much argument to be had here. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, once an absolutely mesmerising free kick taker, has gone off the boil with this a little bit. The only caveat, I guess, is you go back to the World Cup, last minute free kick, 30 yards out, and the man that steps up and delivers the the, the increasingly important blow for Portugal was Cristiano Ronaldo. And, you know, that's a, a trait and a skill in its own, but maybe that'll come more down the line in clutch. It just seems like it's a little bit more luck than judgment for him. You know, with, with Messi's free kick, the way that he delivers them and the way that he, he bends them into a specific part of the goal, is it's like an art. It, that it's just beautiful to watch. And you know that every time he steps up, the entire stadium's getting their phones out because they're about to capture a beautiful moment. Whereas when Ronaldo steps up, I mean, the majority of the time it's going to hit the wall. Um, if it goes on target, most of the time the keeper saves it. I saw a stat recently actually that said that I think he was the second worst free kick taker in Serie A history based on the, his current stats of attempts uh, since he's moved to Juve. Um, and it kind of sums up how he's gone downhill in this area because like Sam says, once upon a time these these knuckleballs were beautiful, but they're so hard to get right. And it does seem like it is literally hit or miss. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to adaptability, which is an interesting debate because I suppose that there are plenty of different ways of looking at it. Dean, how do you define adaptability? There are so many different ways that you can look at it. I think you can even go back to looking at how you grow up as, as, as a footballer. You know, did you come from really difficult place and, and grow uh, there, which both of these players pretty much did, or were you more privileged in your upbringing and just kind of came into the game? I think that that should usually come into it. With these two, I think it was pretty similar in that sense. But away from that, I think the only two things you could really look at are their role within the team, how have they adapted throughout their careers to playing different roles. And the other one would be how have you adapted throughout your career in different situations in different teams? And that, for me, is why, if you're going to judge on adaptability, it's got to be Ronaldo because he's tested himself in different countries, different leagues. He set himself with different types of players and set him apart. Now, don't blame Messi at all for staying at Barcelona because, let's face it, the only way is down from there. But it has limited the way that we view him. Um, also, in terms of positioning, I'd probably still give it to Ronaldo, to be honest, because the way that he started as a winger and a bit of a joke at times, a circus entertainer where he could do a million tricks but lacked an end product, um, he then became this guy that scored 48 goals in a season for Real Madrid and completely transformed himself as one of the most brilliant strikers there was in the game so yeah adaptability for me it's got to be Ronaldo Sam yeah the positional argument is one part of it it's an important part of it and it's really difficult because as Dean says Ronaldo moved from basically like skillful right winger to deadly cut in from the left left winger uh, at Real Madrid early on 
and then um, into the striker that we know him as now. And he's also gone back to the left a little bit for Juventus at times, and he's he's, he's doing it really well. So even at age 35, he's proving that he can play multiple positions, no problem whatsoever. Messi has done a similar thing. Obviously, he started on the right, then he moved into the false nine position for Pep Guardiola. It's arguably, I think, maybe the most difficult position to play in football. Obviously, you need all the mechanics moving around you, but that is that is so, so difficult to pull that off. And he did it masterfully to the tune of like a goal and assist per game at times. Um, and then he moved back to the right and he's moved into the into the middle as a number 10 at times as well. So they've both shown their versatility positionally in different teams under different managers. Maybe then it gets decided on the international stage. And this is where maybe the argument is distilled. Ronaldo is plug and play. He is a certain type of player. He is a finisher. He is, and this is where the selfishness also comes into play as well, in a good way. You can put him at the top of any team and they, you just have to ask the others to just give him the ball in the box and he'll probably do the damage. Messi, you'd think would be the same, but for Argentina, we have, we have, it has shown over, you know, five years, six years that when he plays with lesser players in a less defined system, it just doesn't work. Like for whatever reason, he can't, maybe he can't stoop to their level. Maybe they can't reach his wavelength. Whatever it is, it's not quite compatible when he has to play with like, and sorry for calling you out, like Enzo Perez or Javier Pastor or someone someone like that. A good footballer, not an excellent Max footballer. Max Meza. Yeah, Max Meza. Like anyone, any... <laughs> God, Max Meza. <laughs> Sorry, you absolutely got me there. Just recalling the World Cup set there with you, watching him going, and why is this man in the squad? But yeah, one of those with Ronaldo. Ronaldo could play with him and it would probably be all right. It would look a bit disjointed, but it would be effective. So adaptability, you've got different countries, you've got transferring form from uh, domestic to international level, and you've got the positional ticks as well. I think it is Ronaldo, although you can't say Messi is not, you can't say he's not adaptable. No, 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 not at all. But I think in terms of, you know, the edge, Ronaldo has this one. Also, you know, and then someone made this point in in the, the responses to the question we set out at the start, the un- you know unconventional responses. You know, Messi isn't playing for Luxembourg. You know, the players around him aren't semi-pro footballers. These are Paolo Dybala, you know, Nataro Martinez, Angel Di Maria, Gonzalo Higuain, players who are very 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 good footballers you know you know at the top level and it's not like he's being asked to play with players who like don't understand the laws of the game they are you know champions league winners league winners cup winners whatever you want these are some of you know the finest players on earth and so for me i agree i think that this is a strange one i think there are plenty of things wrong with the argentina you know national squad i think they've been coached really poorly for for many a year if i'm being perfectly honest but on the whole you know, I think Ronaldo has the edge here and that's a very solid point to make. Last one then. And uh, another one where I think Cristiano Ronaldo probably has the edge is clutch. Sam, I'm going to throw to you to start this one. Yeah, clutch. Um, it's a difficult one depending on how you define the word. Um, because Ronaldo, Ronaldo has clutch moments. Um, Messi has clutch moments. I would say Messi has clutch total performances. And like obviously this word comes from maybe when you put a, a ball in the hand of a, of a quarterback with, with the game on the line, you've got to make the throw to win it. And you do, that's clutch. Well, you could probably say the same for both players. They would both be able to produce that moment. Could they produce a 90-minute performance at the highest level on the biggest stage? That's That becomes the question because you can't distill a football game, a soccer game, into into two minutes like that. I don't think that's possible. Um, the, the sport isn't interrupted in the way that it is in America. And I went, just like obviously knowing that we were talking about clutch, I went away and just tried to find some 
some clutch Ronaldo moments. And it wasn't hard <laughs> at all. Here are some of the, not goal, not just goals, not just assists, not just moments. These are all hat-tricks that he has scored at crucial times. Not just one or two, like three goals every single time. Atletico Madrid in 2012, um, late in the season, gave Real Madrid the momentum to win La Liga with 100 points, hat-trick. Away to Sweden, which got Portugal to the World Cup finals in 2014. I think that one gets forgotten. That was an unbelievable performance with yeah. with the prospect of his country not making it to the World Cup very real. And he was against Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It was a tussle of two, uh, well, as Dean would say, goats, I guess. Um, hat-trick against two th- uh, Atletico Madrid. This is a common theme. 2017 Champions League semi-final. Absolutely ludicrous. Hat-trick against uh, Atletico Madrid in 2019 for Juventus. They were 2-0 down got to 3-2 into the into the quarterfinals. Hat-trick against Spain in the World Cup 2018. That might have been his best ever performance in any single game. Hat-trick in the Nations League semi-finals. Countless goals and braces in Champions League games. Like Messi, it's not that Messi doesn't step up. It's that no one comes close to this repertoire of clutch moments. No one in the world, I don't think. Yeah, uh, it's, it's very difficult to to argue with that. I think that... You know, like you say, Messi's performance in that Champions League final where he scored the header, obviously, but where he absolutely ran the game from start to finish uh, is is one of these moments. But like you say, Cristiano's repertoire and breadth of these, you know, league games, Champions League games, World Cup games, international fixtures, it's just absolutely incredible. And I don't think there's anyone, and it goes down to, you know, it's, it's maybe in some ways the opposite of teamwork in this because... In some ways, it's about just picking the team up and putting them on your back and just being like, right, well, I'm going to sort this out. And very few people in the world, you know, in world sport, not just in football, I don't think anyone in football, but even in world sport do this as well as Cristiano Ronaldo does. Yeah, I mean, look, Messi has this incredible talent and that allows him to provide his own big moments. And of course, he's had loads of them. But with Ronaldo, he has this constant drive to prove to people how good he is. And I don't think Messi has that. Maybe it's selfishness. Whatever it is, Messi does not have that same attitude. With Ronaldo, there is an obsession to get the headlines, an obsession to score the winning goal, and an obsession to score hat-tricks like all those ones that Sam has listed. His, his power, his pace, probably most of all, his unbelievable mindset sets him apart from it, for me from anyone else in the world and makes him the ultimate clutch player. Absolutely. Now, some people will assume that the natural next thing to do is to somehow tot these up and come up with a definitive answer of which of these is the better player. But I I don't think we need to. Uh, I think the facts are that all of these things matter differently to different people. Now, some people would say that the only one of these 10 categories that matters is how clutch you are. For me, the thing that stands out the most when I'm watching any football player and when I want to watch any football game is the aesthetic beauty of it. I watch the game to be thrilled, to be entertained. And and, and all of that is, you know, different for different people. So I don't think it's fair to justify all these things as a tot up and count. I'm not going to ask you who you think the winner is. I don't need... To debate what you know what you think the answer to this thing is i think it's for people to go away and make their own minds up there are always going to be two camps on this there are always going to be debates with who people think is the best player in the world the best player of all time you know there are going to be people that sit there and go oh pele maradona Cruyff, that they were better than both of these two there's going to be other people that say that no players in history come close 
to what Messi and Ronaldo have achieved. It's up to you. It's your opinion and everyone is entitled to their own. We just tried to put some of the facts on the table today for you to go away, think about, and maybe, just maybe, to appreciate the two greatest players, in my opinion, that the sport has ever seen in their prime at the same time and the running battle that we've got to watch and enjoy over so many years of service. So thank you to Lionel Messi and thank you to Cristiano Ronaldo for providing us with these moments of magic time and time and time again. And that's pretty much all from us this week on BR Football Ranks. We hope that you are staying safe. It's a weird, strange period that none of us have any real answers to, but do the best you can for your fellow people, for your fellow man, for look after each other, look after your families, do what's right, do what's best, stay inside. I've been Jack Collins. Thank you so much to Sam Ty. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you so much to Dean Jones. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Les. Everybody stay safe. We'll be back next week. Please keep recommending BR Football Ranks to your friends. And we hope that if we've got new subscribers listening for the first time, that you will hit that subscribe button and listen in future. This is BR Football Ranks, your favourite podcast. Stay safe. Lots of love, Ranks. Boy. 